Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another Right Club podcast. I'm Laurel Simmons, and I'm joined by Catherine Nelson-Riley, our great operations manager at the Right Club. Hi, Catherine. And who's our guest today? We've got Nancy Morris back with us. She's been on our podcast a few times over the last few years, and she's also been on our stage a number of times with some phenomenal information on how to manage change is what we were touching base on today. Yeah, it's really cool stuff. I love talking to Nancy. And, you know, as real estate investors, we need to be reminded about this all the time. And in fact, as we talked about in the interview, not just about real estate investors, it's everybody. It's this, what we talked about will affect how you deal with all parts of your life. So Catherine, I think we should go right to it, don't you? Absolutely. Oh, wait, but before we don't forget, go to therightclub.com for lots and lots of information. So much information there for you. And continue to listen to our podcast because we love helping people. So let's go. Welcome to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for you to customize your life. Well, hello, Nancy. Great to see you back. Good. We always have such fun. And yes, folks, you know, fair warning, Nancy and I are best friends and we always have fun. And I always learn a lot from Nancy when we're talking. And I hope she says the same thing about me. Okay, that's your cue, Nancy. Um, of course, <laughs> Laurel. Of course. <laughs> but today you're on the right club. And we are talking about things like managing change and negativity and all that stuff because. In the world of real estate, well, first of all, if things aren't changing in the world of real estate, there's something wrong, right? There is really is something wrong because we, a lot of people make their money on change in real estate, buying, selling, that's change. Like that's change, right? How you manage your properties, that's change. So change is not new, change is everywhere. It's how we manage it. And not only that, it's how we manage the negativity that we hear so much about these days. It's so easy for people to be happy and doing great when the economy's great and things are going up and you know, interest rates are going down and all the rest of it. That's not the case right now, right? It's just not. And yet there are still people making lots of money, increasing their wealth, all kinds of things in this downward cycle. And that's what it is right now. It's a downward cycle. So having set the groundwork, Shall I jump in now? (laughs) Let us begin. Well, let's talk about, let's talk, because I really find this a fascinating concept or or topic. Let's talk about managing negativity. Managing negativity? And Catherine, you have something really interesting to add in about that. Yes, I do. You know, one of the things that when you're new into anything, in this particular case, it's real estate investing. And you're starting to learn, you're starting to expand your mind and think outside the box and realize the possibilities and the education. And then turning around and mentioning that to somebody who might not be of the same mindset and managing that negativity, whether it be family or friends, how do you go about doing that? Because it seems to be kind of a almost a given in 99% of the cases. 
It's kind of a given, you know, I've been working with solopreneurs for years in all sorts of different industries. And it's a given for anybody, really, who's venturing out on their own and willing, knowingly or not, to take on a degree of risk. And the people around them get nervous when people that they care about take on risk. You know, you are creating change for those people and they're not necessarily ready for it. And you're creating it. They have no control over it. So one of the ways to prevent them needing to change, whether it's their mindset or their actions or their relationship with you, is to try and stop you from doing that because then they don't have any change in their life. So that's sort of how the two of those things can go together is people can be negative. But, you know, one of the things that, again, whether it's in real estate investment in investing or other sort of self-employment or self-directive activities, um, people who are drawn to that have usually, for a period of time, a good relationship with risk and they're willing to take risk. The problem is to stay the course a long time with real estate investing, you need to be able to handle the positive and the negatives. And over time, that can be draining. And when you are a person who believes that they can handle risk, but then you have to deal with it over and over again, that negativity and that noise in your own head can become overwhelming. So not only is it, are you creating change for the people around you by getting involved in real estate, you're also creating change within yourself. Both of those things can then lead to that negativity that we were talking about uh, before. And they both change and negativity kind of go hand in hand, even for the most confident of people, you know, and there's and conversation in one's own head that are like, go mistake. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. Oh, there's that word again. You know, and the back and conversations in our heads. So that's where somebody can really come into their own and be able to manage the ups and downs of the reality of the real estate investing, manage the ups and downs of the negativity and noise by other people, and manage the ups and downs and their own negativity in their own head. Now, sometimes, well, not sometimes, we can talk about external locus of control and external, correct? Yes. You talk a little bit about that because I do believe that ties into this. Sure. The idea of locus of control is a psychological principle about to what extent does one feel that they are self-directing their own lives or that their lives are influenced by forces outside of themselves. So if you have an external locus of control, your language will be, oh, the market's really bad, so I'm having trouble. So because it's demonstrating a, a, something that's going on outside of oneself, an internal locus of control is somebody saying, I'm not making good decisions right now, or I need to learn X, Y, and Z, or I need to make a different choice about how I move forward, or I am going to get up tomorrow morning and I'm going to start again. That is somebody with an internal locus of control, understanding that they get to control their attitudes and their actions. They can't control what's outside of them, but they can control the attitudes and actions. So yes, I mean, absolutely locus of control can be a part of this, but I think more so, or as well as, a lot of what we sort of have learned in our lives, the nurture part of our lives, the noise bit, comes to the fore when things are difficult. So if, for example, 
you're endeavoring to be successful in real estate investing, for you know, for example, and stuff is going on like, oh, I don't know, a pandemic, which, you know, makes create significant change. Where a person really comes into their own is how they manage that in their own head. And we've talked before um, on the podcast about the brain's natural tendency to notice negative things first. It is a survival part in the back part of the brain. It's a survival thing. And it's not only about what you might see with your eyeballs that might be a, a negative social stimuli sort of thing, like, like somebody coming towards you carrying a big stick. That's a bit of a threat. And, and you see that. But it's also the noise in your head or the noise in other people's vocabulary. So your brain automatically notices that. There's nothing you can do to prevent it. All you can do is bring awareness to, am I getting drawn into the negativity of other people or even my own negative noise? To what extent am I listening to bull? To what extent am I getting drawn into something that really isn't mine to be drawn in? Sort of where the locus of control piece comes in on that part. That's the internal locus of control is asking those sorts of questions. But really being aware that your brain will automatically notice negative things first, internal and external, and then you choose to do something about that when you notice it about yourself, how you're getting sucked in or how you're being drained. Oh, uh, I think that, yes, absolutely true. And the language that other people use, that's a really tricky one because you can get drawn into conversations. For example, as Catherine said, you can be talking to someone and say, and maybe a neighbor, a friend, whatever the situation is. And you say, look, I've got this, I've been in thinking about real estate investing and I've got some opportunities and I've been learning about this and I know some people who are doing it. And these are just normal conversations people have, right? So the person that you're saying this to is hearing this and their first reaction is, well, okay, you're learning something new and I'm not, I don't like that. You might do something different and I'm, I'm not, and I don't like that. Whether they realize it or not, right? They're going to say possibly something like, well, I'm not sure about that. I've heard from you know, my father-in-law's doctor's wife's mother, whatever it is. And the dog. <laughs> and the dog. <laughs> that, you know, Fred over there lost X number of dollars in real estate investing. And, and you just, you look and you know, you know that happens. And, but at the same time, and you can say that, but like you said, inside part of you is going oh geez this is a problem and you hear that more than once too and it's reinforced right so what are the strategies then to actually cope with that well you you make a very good point in that you are going to hear it more than once because remember you're creating change in another person's world and they don't like that. either because it you're potentially changing the relationship you have with another person you know especially with people close to you their status quo is being disrupted by the choices you make. So intentionally or not, they may endeavor to keep the status quo, their status quo. So that sort of language will keep coming out. The, the first step is to be aware that it's going to come. And either you have boundaries about it and ask people not to make that sort of noise to you or have these make those sorts of statements to you, or you simply guard yourself against it before you even get into the conversation. Reminding yourself that you're going to hear negativity from people. 
Whether you know who those people are not is another story because we can often with our friends and family can go, I know who's going to say this is a bad idea, you know, <laughs> and you can guard against that in advance. And the further the person is away from the center of your circle, the less you need to care what their opinion is. Because remember, that's their opinion. It's neither, it's their truth, not yours. So remembering that, I think, so boundaries, if it's ongoing and people won't shut up about it, but also guarding yourself against it in advance and being aware of it in advance that you might need to counter even just in your own head rather than getting into an argument with another person, that you understand that's their opinion. They have a concern about you because quite often people are genuinely concerned about what we do. And then also, you know, it's this idea of I'm prepared for the risks I need to take and the decisions I need to make. And I'm okay with reinforcing that in my head in this conversation right now. But if you, I mean, it goes without saying that people around you are going to give you negativity about the choices that you make in all sorts of different areas of your life. People at some level are going to debate a point, argue a point, intentionally or unintentionally, ask you to stay exactly the way that you are. And it has been like that for years. It's just about going into the conversation, knowing in your head that you might have to guard your own self against it. So that's sort of like the way to mitigate their fears about your change. And I think another way to mitigate that fear on, on their behalf is simply to, to say, I acknowledge, you know, I hear you. Because I think in some cases, that's really what it's about. Like just saying, you know what? That's a really good point, and I hear you, and I understand, and I'm getting you know other opinions, and I'll you know I'll get back to you later, whether you do or not. That's depending on the, how close the relationship is, right? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, or you could just say, well, thank you. I, I understand what you're. I understand where you're coming from, and maybe that's all you have to say, and that might help them. Are you looking to create generational wealth and get one step closer to financial freedom? Then Better Mortgage Select is the mortgage brokerage for you. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or seasoned investor looking to grow your portfolio, Better Mortgage Select is here to help you achieve your financial goals. With over two decades of experience, our team of financial planning consultants have perfected our own unique system that tailors every step to suit your financial needs. For a free consultation, reach out to us today at info at bettermortgageselect.ca or give us a call at 905 569 8326. We're here to help you get started and prove why we're the top ranked mortgage team in Canada. Maybe it may do, but it's important that as you were sort of saying a moment ago to help yourself because you can be sure that particularly the closer somebody is in your circle, the more it's going to activate the gremlin in your head that gives you all sorts of like, oh, well, you can't do that. And who do you think you are? And Somebody's going to find out you're a fraud and all that noise that we have in our heads. The closer somebody is. Laurel, if you said that to me about a decision that I was going to make, not that you ever have, huh? <laughs> it's always about, yes, I respect your opinion, but I do need to go away. And because I also know that you might see things that I don't, I consider your opinion, right? I, because you're close to me. I'll give that due consideration. And I have to think these things through my head, but I need to give a due consideration without going down negative path, thinking, oh, Laurel knows more than I do. And what an idiot am I being and all this sort of stuff. So it's that sort of language. 
Self-awareness is really key when it comes to mitigating negativity and, and managing change. Self-awareness, being able to see yourself in the situation and how you're responding, both in terms of what you're thinking, your mindset, and your behaviors. So if, for example, I know that I might be a little uncertain about what I'm doing, and I know that some of the people that I may want to talk to about this might be negative or probably will be negative, but I still talk to them anyway, then it's kind of my, I'm inviting the negative. I know if I talk to you about something, Laurel, you, I can accept your opinion. I respect your opinion. I don't always like it, but I respect your opinion. And you'll give me your sense of truth. And we have that kind of relationship. There are other people in my life, and I wouldn't mention half of the stuff that I mentioned to you because they're just going to be, you know, annoying. So, so I don't even bother. So, and, but that's the self-awareness piece of what is my relationship with this person? How do I usually respond to this person? How do they usually talk to me? You know, all these sorts of things. And it's having that sense of self-awareness really does help somebody to manage the change and the ups and downs of being a real estate investor, being involved anywhere in real estate, because there is ups and downs. That's par for the course. If somebody is going into real estate and they can't manage or accept the ups and downs, then they're going to have a hard time with it. You know, they really are emotionally or with their mindset, because you have to be able to see yourself in the situation and know that you can work it out and work it through. Perceived risk is very difficult for many people because a lot of people think two things. First, they need to know the answer right away. And second, they need to know that regardless of what's going on, they'll be able to cope. The second thing, number two, this idea of having the confidence to know you will cope, most people don't have that. It takes conscious awareness and, and thought to, to manage that sense of confidence and coping. When you can kind of master that, there's not much that you can't do. If you can make decisions and manage risk by understanding that no matter what happens, I'll be okay because I'll figure it out, then you're good. And you can manage and accept change and you can manage and accept negativity from other people in particular. Okay. And, and those are really good points. So let's talk about those a little bit more. But So perceived risk. So go back over that. The, there were two points under perceived risk. Risk, sorry. The two points under perceived risk? The one point is about being able to cope and have confidence about whether or not you can manage it. And I'll be damned if I can remember the first one. <laughs> what was the first one? Okay, well, let's talk about conscious awareness. Let's talk about that one, because I think that one's really important. Self-awareness, you mean? Well, no, conscious awareness of confidence. Confidence. It's confidence, okay? Because I think that is something that everyone struggles with it. <laughs> For human beings, like, we struggle with it all the time. Like some of us, maybe more than others, some of us less than others. It doesn't really matter on the continuum of the human experience. We've all struggled with it one one time or another. We probably all struggle with it every single day, one way or another. Yep. So sure. it becomes then about becoming much more conscious of your confidence. Yes. It's which, about bringing that sort of awareness to your confidence level in any given situation. And the, what the, the, the problem people have with understanding confidence is kind of what you were just alluding to. Most people have some 
ups and downs with their confidence every day. But they don't know that about other people around them because they, those people tend not to express a lack of confidence in something. So people have this illusion that everybody else is confident and they're not, or that you will achieve this level of confidence and then the world is just your oyster and you will never lack confidence again. Well, both of those things are false. And particularly the second one about this idea that you'll hit this nirvana when you have this confidence. I know people, some of the most confident people I know have hours, days of just doubt, you know, and it just creeps in. There is a natural up and down in one's perception of one's world, and it's called mental well-being. Not mental health, mental well-being. Mental well-being is your subjective experience of your hour, your day, your week, your month, your life. It's your interpretation. It's the noise in your head about whether or not you're achieving the sorts of things that you want to or, or not. And we sort of circle back to this idea of your brain will notice the negativity that you tell yourself about yourself really quickly. That impacts confidence a great deal. But there is no nirvana when it comes to confidence. Some days you're going to wake up in the morning and you have just got the world by its little tippy toes, you know, like everything is going to be fine. And then the reality is by lunchtime, something's going to happen or some noise is going to go off in your head and you're going to think, oh, somebody's going to find out. I don't know what I'm talking about. And then you swan dive into a pit of doubt. Knowing that's going to happen is it's a type of freedom. Confidence isn't a destination. It really is comes and goes in waves like in ebbs and flows. It's being able to say and understand to yourself, wow, I'm not feeling very confident about this decision here or, or this action here, A, B, and C. I'm not really feeling it for these things. And accepting that, you know, people try to reject these things. Oh, I should be more confident and I should understand this. And, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years, so I should know what I'm talking about. All this sort of crap that we have in our head, all this noise. And we have talked about this before, I think. I know you, Laurel, and I have talked about it before. Do you want me to give you the number one tip for improving your confidence in a nanosecond? You betcha. When you hear negative noise in your head, say out loud or just in your head, but preferably out loud, oh, isn't that interesting? When you notice the negativity, oh, isn't that interesting? I'm feeling negative about that. Okay, I'm going to go have a tea now. And the reason why I say this is, I mean, you can dissect it more than that if you wish, but with the brain's natural tendency to notice negative things first, and then to create this whole storyline behind it of like, yeah, you see, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, you can't handle the risk, blah, 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 and then on. By saying, oh, isn't that interesting? What you're doing is jamming a rod of curiosity into the mouse wheel in your head. And the brain is usually in two states, critical or curious. And you can purposefully turn it from critical to curious by, oh, isn't that interesting? And then your brain will go, oh, yeah, maybe it is. What's this all about? And then you can start to dissect it. And you might have to do that a couple of times in the conversation in your head. And you can just say, oh, isn't that interesting? I'm going to journal about that later, or I'm going to talk to my spouse about that later. Right now, I've got other things to get on with. You know, and you just jam that rod into the mouse wheel, because otherwise the mouse wheel is just going to keep going. It's just that mouse is just happy running around on the wheel. 
So critical or curious, it can't do both at the same time, your brain. So purposefully and intentionally take it from critical to, critical to curious by, isn't that interesting? Oh, isn't that interesting? And isn't that interesting? Yeah, I, mean, I was just, I, isn't that, well, I guess technically that's two words, but we'll say it's one. So that's really only three words. Isn't that interesting? One, two, three. That's it. And that stops, basically stops that most wheel in its tracks. <laughs> it really does. And it's when people understand these little things, these little tricks to the brain, and you add that with your own self-awareness of who you are and maybe what triggers your sense of doubt, maybe what triggers your sense of confidence, the more of that you know, and then, like I say, these little brain hacks, the more likely it is you can manage effectively what's going on in your brain. But it is key to remember that, particularly when it comes to confidence, there's no destination. It will always ebb and flow. And so it's just noticing when you're not feeling confident about something. And instead of judging yourself about it, just, oh, isn't that interesting? What do I feel I need to learn? What could I do differently? Do I need to revisit this deal or this transaction again and run the numbers again? I'm just using that as an illustration, but you see what I mean. I'm just starting to ask questions, not why questions, but what and how and, you know, when. Questions like that, that send the brain off in a good way to help you figure out the answers. So that, again, I come back to that self-awareness piece of listening and recognizing when you yourself are being negative to yourself. And instead of letting the mouse wheel gather speed, you sort of jam the rod in there and then you'll change the direction, you'll change the way the right side and the left side of your brain is working so that you can begin to analyze and look at things more objectively rather than just, you know, listening to a whole lot of crap going on between your ears. Because we are our, our own harshest critics, aren't we? Oh, yes, we are. <laughs> we really are. And there's that saying, you know, if you speak to your neighbors the way you speak to yourself, you'll have no neighbors. Because they won't put up with you if you were to talk to them the way you talk to yourself. And we all do it. It's about getting in there as fast as possible. So, you know, I talk about confidence and I talk about procrastination and I talk about mental well-being and all of these sorts of things all the time. But I've not reached any destination with any of them. And I don't know anybody who has. Even the Dalai Lama will sit back and say there are some days that he's just not feeling it, you know. And this is a guy who, you know, tongue in cheek sits around meditating about happiness all the time. And he quite literally states in his books, these things come and go. Everything comes and goes. And so we don't get too riled up and worried when it's a negative thing that's coming, nor do we get too cocky when it's a positive thing that it's, that's coming. It's recognizing the ups and downs and going, oh, isn't that interesting? Huh. You can do with positive things too. Oh, isn't that interesting? I'm feeling really good today. What is this about? What has been going on that's supporting me and feeling really good today? Th these sorts of things. The Shifting your brain into a state of curiosity is one of the best ways to accept and manage change, in, in my view, and also to stop the negativity. But you've got to recognize that you've got that most wheel going. And especially now, and I'm going to bring it back to the, the, the state of the economy right now, and people are going, you know, oh, woe is me, the sky is falling, or in a recession, interest rates are going up. Blah. It's like, okay. Again, it's a cycle. Like everything else is a cycle, right? It's really ebbs and flows. It goes up, it goes down. And 
once you've gone around the sun more than 20 times or so, you start to recognize that, yeah, there are cycles, just like there's the seasons and I'm going on and on here. But everything goes up, yeah. goes down, goes in and goes out, goes up, goes down. Like like the way your brain functions, the, yes. that's the same in, in, in real estate. But if somebody like is going into real estate and is not willing to accept that, then they really shouldn't go into it. It is one of the more volatile in terms of ups and downs things to get involved in because it does go up and down. And that's just the way of the world. I have spoken to people in the past who sort of like get really bummed that the market's changed in some way. And it's sort of like, well, yeah, like you were saying right at the beginning, that's what it's supposed to do. And the way to manage it or the way to understand it is that's what it's supposed to do. And then find ways to take advantage of that. Thank you, Nancy. That was great. Where can people reach you? Because maybe they would like to have a chat with you, become a client. I don't know. How do they reach you? <laughs> Just need to go to nancymorris.com and all my contact information is there. Perfect. Well, thanks, Nancy. This has been great. It's, you know, I know some people might say, well, this is kind of basic stuff, but if it's so basic, why do we forget it all the time, right? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we keep having these conversations because people do forget it. And I like to think that sometimes the conversations that we have are just reminding people of what they already know, but then it. It's okay. Now, what are you going to do? What are you going to do next now that you've reheard this quote unquote basic information? How are you going to apply this? Are you going to stick a post it note on your computer that says, oh, isn't that interesting to remind you to be curious instead of critical? Are you going to sit down and look at your current desired outcomes and turn them into performance goals that you can schedule into your calendar every day? What are you going to do next? That's what makes the real difference about this quote unquote basic information. Yeah. Well, you and I, We'll talk about this a lot and it'll, it won't, we won't be doing a podcast when we talk about it either, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, thank you so very much, Nancy. Until next time. As always, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Laurel. Thank you, Catherine. Okay. Bye. Bye. Wow. That was really excellent. In fact, she gave us so much information that we're having a part two. So make sure that you listen to that as well. Her information about performance goals and desired outcomes and actually your self-efficacy. And I said that wrong, didn't I? How do you pronounce that? Self-efficacy. <laughs> I knew I was going to get that one. But it was just excellent information and a great reminder for us in order to keep our mindset together as we venture into new areas of our lives and grow ourselves. Yeah, exactly. So until next time, everyone, please customize your life. Go out there and have a great time. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast, where the focus is on helping all levels of real estate investors advance to the next level and help you customize your life. Be sure to tune in next week at rightclub.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you get a few seconds, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps the show get noticed by others like you. And we truly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe.